Gary Hoffman. Gary Hoffman. You know what with Shannon Farron. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey. Gary and Shannon. Every day. Gary and Shannon. It's uh, it's Wednesday. It's February it's, uh, the 21st now, if you can believe it. Well, it is now a week after the shooting at Parkland High School, uh, at a Parkland High School in Florida, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, as a matter of fact, and the kids from Tala, kids are now in Tallahassee uh, after a long bus ride and uh, staying up way into the wee hours of the morning to uh, get their speeches right, etc. They spent some time in the state capitol there in Florida last night watching the state Senate and uh, State Assembly. Do they have an assembly there, Monica? Yep, they, they call sure it do. The assembly. Uh, they don't call it the assembly. They call it the legislature. Okay. Well, yep. in fact, they um, they voted down what would have been. They voted down debate on what would have been an assault weapons ban, basically. And without getting into too many details, that's it. But they spent a good hour or so just wrapped up. Uh, students taking to the podium there in one of the hallways in the legislature. Uh, basically just uh, airing their grievances with what's going on in Tallahassee. And there's a there's a lot to get to today. We have not only these kids and their activism there in the Florida legislature, there's also going to be the listening session today. The president is hosting teachers and students from not just Parkland, Florida, but also from Columbine High School in Colorado and Newtown, Connecticut at Sandy Hook. They'll be at the White House today. A little bit later in the show, we're hoping that they stick to their schedule We'll be able to dip in and listen to some of those comments, I think, at the 1 o'clock hours when that's going to happen. Also, CNN is planning its own town hall meeting in Florida tonight. They have both senators from Florida, Bill Nelson and Marco Rubio, one Republican, one Democrat, and a couple of state legislators. I think the governor had pan, uh, the, the governor bowed out not too long ago. Uh, but they'll also be able to talk um, to students, to parents, to teachers, administrators, etc. They're in Parkland and in other areas. And then there was a student plot here locally that was broken up. There was a 17-year-old who was threatening to bring a gun to El Camino High School near Whittier, uh, according to deputies. And last week, they were able to break this thing up. But they did find that the kid did have guns at home. So that's not great. But it is great that the plot was stopped. Um, This should terrify you because apparently what set this kid off and prompted the threat was a disagreement about headphones, a disagreement with a teacher about headphones. I think that one of the one of the uh, many tendrils that we have to talk about when it comes to reducing violence in general is parents and their willingness to impose rules upon their own children. I told my kids. You can break the rules, but you must pay the consequences. And it's not their fault that you got caught. It's your fault because you broke the rules. And I said this to my kids. Both of them had phones. And in high school, I said, listen, you know the rules. You're never allowed to take your phone out during class. If for any reason you get your phone taken away from you from by a teacher, I am not coming to your rescue. And you're going to pay the consequences. Same thing if you drop the phone I am not buying a new phone for you. That's your responsibility. It's that simple. If this kid, if this kid is so upset that a teacher tells him, or I should say reminds him that he can't bring electronics to school or cannot have them out in class, that his only reaction is 
threatening to shoot up the school? I'm looking at you, mom and dad. That, that to me, is clearly a sign that this kid is not getting what he needs at home. It's frustrating because now it puts the onus upon the teacher and the administrators and the school safety officer there uh, to to handle all of this because mom and dad are uh, afraid of their own kid. It's it's a frustrating thing, and I think that's one of the things that you cannot ignore in these situations. All right, but here's where we stand. These Florida school shooting survivors walked on the Capitol, and there are literally hundreds of high school kids outside the Capitol building there in Tallahassee, Florida, and have demanded action, some sort of an some sort of action on weapons. And I think one of the things they need to make sure that they do, they don't get lost in all of this, is what sort of agenda they have. What is it that they do want to see, other than just demanding action in a very nonchalant, occupy Tallahassee way, they need to have a specific set of things that they want their state to do. Um, in all of this, in fact, I just saw him interviewed on uh, on Fox News Channel, is a senior at Park uh, at the high school there in Parkland, a senior named David Hogg. And I call out anyone to do a little bit of self-reflection if you continue to propagate the rumors that this 17-year-old, now 18-year-old kid, I believe, is somehow a paid actor, a 26, 27-year-old actor who is going around and taking advantage of shooting scenes in an attempt to push a gun control agenda. He's just angry. I talked to him several times when I was in Florida. These kids are now getting angry. He's very well-spoken. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, that people are now ascribing the fact that his father was an FBI agent, retired now, that his father has been feeding him the lines to say about his anger over seeing classmates shot and knowing some of the people who were killed last Wednesday. I, I, In fact, this morning, I was telling Oscar, as I got into the office, I started seeing these posts from people about how they were showing their disgust about how far the anti-gun people would go to pay a 27-year-old kid to act as a, a high school senior at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. And then alleging that he graduated from, I think it was Redondo Shores High School in 2015. That is complete BS. I retweeted not too long ago at Gary and Shannon a video that absolutely, that absolutely debunks the, finger quotes here, the yearbook photo of David Hogg from Redondo Shores High School that says he graduated in 2015. And there you are should- a lot of Republicans in Florida that are that are disgusted with it, too. Marco Rubio tweeted yesterday saying it's disgusting. Yeah, and there was a there was an aide, one of the state legislators in Florida fired an aide for retweeting this whole thing that David Hogg is somehow a paid actor. Shame on you. And dare I say you're being an idiot when you do that. It took me 4 minutes to figure out besides the fact my gut was right on this. It took me 4 minutes to find evidence that this kid moved from California in 2014. He is Due to graduate from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School this spring, some uh, some people also pointed to a video that he was in from uh, from Channel Two here in Los Angeles back in August, and said, "See, he never he was here the whole time. He was here on vacation, and just happened to be a witness to a uh, a weird viral video of a fight between a lifeguard and somebody else." 
this this frustrates me because all, all you're doing then is ignoring the questions that these kids are asking and saying, well, why would I even answer to that kid? He's a 27-year-old actor. You're being an idiot. You're being an idiot. And if you have posted one of these things, you got to go back and take it down. Anyway, we come back. We'll talk more about this uh, this threat at El Camino High School near Whittier. And the bottom of the hour is when the sheriff is expected to have some sort of a news conference. Chris Carlo is there. We'll get this thing all covered and wrapped up. Shannon will be along. Don't worry. Shannon will be here today. She's just running a little bit late for some reason. I don't know why she doesn't tell us anymore. Gary and Shannon will continue. Got the uh, sad news overnight as well that uh, Billy Graham died at the age of 99 years old. And although, uh, you know, there have been plenty of religious leaders over the course of uh, decades, centuries, who have uh, fallen short, this guy led a life that, uh, as far as I could tell, was without controversy. Uh, We'll talk more about that in the 12 o'clock hour. Uh, And as we continue discussing what's going on in Florida where the survivors of the shooting in Parkland, Florida, rolled into Tallahassee to tell their state lawmakers to be on the right side of history. There are still funerals being held. A public memorial for one of the seniors, Nicholas Dvoret, will be held at 5 o'clock tonight at the Parkland Golf and Country Club. There is a a funeral mass for Chris Hickson, who was the athletic director and wrestling coach, considered one of the heroes in the event from last week. Governor Rick Scott is going to be uh, attending that one. He, uh, Chris Hickson, served in Operation Desert Shield and Operation Desert Storm and will be buried with full military honors. There was also a, a, one of the kids who was killed, um, if I remember right, actually died wearing his ROTC uniform. And uh, there had been a petition. I don't know how this panned out, but there had been a petition to bury him with full military honors. Um, so, uh, But again, tonight there's a, a couple of things happening. One will be during our show, the president is scheduled to hold some sort of a, a listening session with parents and students and um, survivors of shootings, not only in Parkland, but also the Columbine shooting from 1999 and from Sandy Hook uh, in uh, Newtown, Connecticut. That's expected to take place in the one o'clock hour. We'll dip into that and listen to some of those comments. But also CNN has a uh, town hall meeting called Stand up. The students of Stoneman Douglas uh, demand action. It will start at 6 o'clock our time tonight. Jake Tapper, of course, is going to be their uh, their moderator. It's closed to the general public, but they're going to broadcast this. The students from the high school, parents, community members as well. The network has confirmed that the NRA is going to participate. Uh, Dana Loesch, uh, who is a spokeswoman for National Rifle Association, is going to represent the group uh, as well as the two senators from Florida, Bill Nelson and Marco Rubio, on opposite sides of the political aisle, but uh, maybe finding some sort of a common ground in uh, in tonight's discussion. Now, we mentioned that the kids from Florida had walked, uh, bust, I should say, to the state capitol in Florida to demand some sort of action. And while they were sitting in the gallery last night, there was a, a pretty astonishing thing that was uh, probably a slap in the face to many of them. 
lawmakers voted down a motion that would have considered the, uh, a ban on semi-automatic guns and large-capacity magazines. Now, there have been—this is not the only time it's ever come up in the state of Florida— this is not the only time that's ever come up anywhere in the United States. As a matter of fact, these come up quite often. And what they saw last night was the Republican-dominated Florida State Legislator vote, Legislature voted down this motion. And again, this wasn't the bill. This was just a motion to get this thing onto the floor, open for debate, for questions, etc. So to say that they voted down an assault weapons ban is not true. What they did was they voted not to debate on it. You can argue that way. Just make sure how, make sure that when you argue, you argue correctly. Um, what they did was this uh, this thing was moved was not to be moved from committee to the House floor for questions. And because of the the calendar for the legislature there in Florida, this basically kills this bill. Uh, there were others that they were talking about, including one on carrying weapons or allowing weapons at private school campuses, if possible. So. Uh, that's one of the things that they are going to be dealing with is the fact that bureaucrats suck and lawmakers can suck, especially if you have one specific goal in mind. These lawmakers are dealing with all these different issues and they're going to disappoint you. It's just the way it's just the nature of what it is. And as we saw and heard in some of these speeches from these kids, they know that, and they're willing to uh, use their vote in many cases because a lot of them have turned 18 or will turn 18 before November. They're going to use their vote to get rid of people who do not like uh, and will not act on their agenda, uh, which I think is the probably the greatest thing that these kids have going for them is the ability to vote people out of office. Now, one of the stories uh, that we're going to cover locally is this 17-year-old boy who threatened to bring a firearm to El Camino High School near Whittier on Friday. And again, that was two days after the shooting in Florida. So you can imagine everyone was on high alert. He was apparently making a threat while at a continuation high school on Keese Drive, which is in an uh, unincorporated area south Whittier. And we'll talk more about what he did, what he said specifically that raised the attention of the sheriff's deputies who were on campus or sheriff's deputy was on campus and how it is that this thing could have gone down. Plus, we're waiting for a news conference. Sheriff Jim McDonald is expected to give more details on this uh, and uh, the way that the sheriff's department reacted to this uh, within the next several minutes. So we'll jump into that as well. And Shannon will be along. Don't worry. She'll be here. Gary and Shannon will continue. We are uh, standing by waiting for a news conference from L.A. County Sheriff Jim McDonald. There was uh, a shooting plot that was broken up at uh, El Camino High School in South Whittier last week. He's expected to bring us some of the details. Um, A huge thank you to Sherry, by the way, on Facebook, who uh, gave me the information. 15-year-old Peter Wang was killed um, in the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting on Wednesday of last week. And he was apparently wearing his ROTC uniform at the time of the shooting. He was killed while trying to help classmates escape. West Point announced yesterday, the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, announced that he would be posthumously accepted to West Point for his heroic actions. 
and then buried in his junior reserve ROTC uh, uniform, his junior ROTC uniform. And uh, according to the uh, the military academy, Peter had a lifetime goal to uh, attend uh, the academy at West Point. So it says it was an appropriate way for USMA to honor this brave young man. West Point has given posthumous offers of admission in very rare instances for those candidates or potential candidates whose actions exemplified the tenets of duty, honor, and country. He would have been in the class of 2025. So big good news there. On Wednesday, of course, was the shooting there in Florida. On Friday, on Friday... A security officer at this high school here in L.A. County overheard a troubling threat, plotting to create some sort of similar attack at El Camino High School in Whittier. That information allowed the sheriff's department to head off another school shooting, according to Jim McDonald, who is expected to hold this news conference in the next few minutes or so. And what they said was uh, when this uh, originally happened, the student was upset about because uh, because of a disagreement that he'd had with a teacher because he brought headphones to school and students aren't allowed to have electronic devices out there in class. And I said this earlier, I will say it again. Mom and dad, this is on you. If your child cannot emotionally handle being told by a teacher that they cannot have electronics in class to where they feel like the next best option is to threaten violence, I, and let alone even... Uh, acting on it, but they feel like threatening violence is the next best option. Mom and dad need to come in on this. The uh, lawyer for the Norwalk La Mirada Unified School District said a safety officer heard the student threaten to bring a gun to school. And when questioned by officials, the kid did not have a gun on him, but the district sent a team which included the superintendent, the director of student and family services, the assistant director of alternative education, a school counselor, and a district specialist to the school to talk to the student. Law enforcement was notified within 45 minutes of the incident. Uh, The student had been arrested, but a sheriff's detective wasn't confirming that. We'll get more from the sheriff today. They did say they found weapons, but they haven't gotten into a whole lot of detail about what exactly they found at this kid's house. They said they seized a collection of weapons and ballistic evidence from the home of the student, who was described as disgruntled. He is being held without bail, but uh, we're not getting an identity because of his, uh, his age. He's only 17. It was not clear when the kid planned to carry out an attack if, in fact, there was an actual plan outside of an empty threat. And they weren't talking about what kind of weapons were recovered or talking about any possible criminal charges against this kid. This, along with this one, by the way, police in Inglewood a couple days ago said they became aware of a plot on social media indicating that students attending a specific Inglewood school were at risk of being targeted by a shooter. And they picked up that person behind the original post. They've talked about criminal charges with the DA's office. Inglewood police said that they're going to keep a heightened presence at all unified school district facilities in Inglewood as a result. And then yesterday, uh, this morning, I should say, Long Beach Unified alerted parents to an unconfirmed threat and that an attack was being planned at Long Beach Polytech High School. And on their website, the superintendent wrote, 
while these rumors are unsubstantiated, we take them seriously. We're working with law enforcement to actively investigate. You will see additional law enforcement presence at the school today. We appreciate those who alerted us. Your students will be safe and protected at school. I said this yesterday in terms of the presence of law enforcement on school campuses. In the in the very slim chance that your kid's school becomes the site of an incident like this, I would be so heartened by the idea that law enforcement would be there to welcome them back. And I've said this about specifically about Douglas High School, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School there in Parkland, that in the instance when those kids do go back, on Sunday I think they have sort of an open house, reacquaint yourself with the campus for parents and students to go back and just be present at a place that is going to forever be in their minds as a place of horror perhaps. And then when the kids do go back, I believe it's Tuesday, a week uh, week from yesterday, that they're going to reopen the school, that it would be reassuring to me as a parent, and I'm not speaking as a high school student, but as to me as a parent, to see the campus lined with officers, lined with officers, because it's going to be hard enough for these kids to go back into that place, not even in the building where all of this took place, but on the campus, that I would want them to be in a place where they were certain that nothing was going to happen to them. And dozens of officers, if not a couple hundred, surrounding that campus. I, I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get cops to volunteer from around the state, if not around the South, the entire southern United States, who would volunteer to show up in uniform and be shoulder to shoulder around that campus. Someone mentioned that former police officers, retired police officers, maybe veterans uh, who can't get jobs after coming home from war or something like that, that these people should volunteer to be school resource officers and maybe place them across the country. Sure. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah. that's one of those. But but that's one of the, like, eight things that need to happen for us to say to our to our kids, your kids are going to, or your school campus is going to be safe. Yeah. I mean, it that is one thing. And it's, it's one thing to say, you know, uh, our school resource officer is armed. Some of them aren't, but our school resource officer is armed and knows what to do in the event of a situation like that. I mean, there was a resource officer who was on campus at the time of the shooting on Wednesday and never, never laid eyes on the shooter. I mean, in the six minutes that the the bullets were going, that officer never had an opportunity to come face to face and confront this guy. And then by the time it was over, we now know that he was able to sort of blend in with the rest, rest of the students and run off campus and get away. So it's not a guarantee. It's one of many things that would need to happen. But we're standing by again for this news conference from uh, L.A. County Sheriff Jim McDonald about this latest school shooting plot that was apparently stopped near Whittier last week. Chris Carlo is there, so we'll have an opportunity to hear from him a little bit later in the show as well. And we'll bring that to you when it comes down. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon on this uh, Wednesday, a little bit later, Petros Papadakis is going to join us. We're going to be talking about uh, the latest episode of The Bachelor and what you're watching Wednesday when we get into what goes on on a little television stuff. Um, the president is expected to hold a listening session at the White House today 
with survivors of school shootings and and some teachers, administrators, parents, etc. from a few different school shootings. That's going to happen in the 1 o'clock hour our time, so we're going to hear at least part of that. We're going to dip into that. And also, um, the big news was that was that uh, Billy Graham died over the uh, overnight at the age of 99. Um, in the context of our school shooting stories, uh, the one out of Parkland, Florida, the 19-year-old kid who's accused of doing it, 19-year-old young man, sorry, who's accused of doing it. Oh, let's go live to this uh, news conference. Continue to be with the families and first responders. And this is L.A. Florida. County Sheriff and Jim McDonald so many other talking about a plot America. at a high school this near Whittier. This school massacre is now the eighth deadliest shooting in the United States history. The issue of violent threats on school campuses is something that we take very seriously. In 2017, our Criminal Intelligence Bureau received 52 tips and leads involving school-related threats. All of these were triaged, evaluated, and addressed. Those numbers don't reflect uh, actual reported crimes. The, The leads contain raw reporting that may or may not have resulted in an arrest or a reported crime. 17 of these threats involved students at community colleges that were thoroughly evaluated and monitored uh, through a collaborative effort between Community College Bureau of the LA County Sheriff's Department, our Criminal Intelligence Bureau, the Department of Mental Health for the County, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Since February 14th, there have been 19 reported leads to the Criminal Intelligence Bureau in LA County, two received just last evening. 10 of these have been triaged and assessed or are currently, currently being assessed. The remaining were passed on for criminal investigation to the respect uh, respective unit or agency that's appropriate to handle those. L.A. County in Sheriff January, Jim McDonald is speaking right now. There was a, a threat at El Camino uh, High School near Whittier that was interrupted on Friday. Those. He's bringing us some of the details. This year, school-related leads have increased significantly as compared to 2017. One would hope that after the carnage and grief we just witnessed in Parkland, Florida, there would be a pause in threats against our students. For our Norwalk Station deputies and several of our other stations, this has not been the case. Joining me today are Elaine Williams, the Chief of School Safety for Norwalk La Mirada Unified School District, Security Officer Marino Chavez of the Norwalk La Mirada Unified School District, Captain Jim Tatro, our Captain of Norwalk Station and his team, uh, Deputy Scott Reynal and Deputy Martin Maciel, the arresting deputies in this case. Just two days after 17 people were killed in the Florida school shooting, Security Officer Marino Chavez, who works at El Camino High School uh, in the unincorporated area of Whittier, overheard a 17-year-old student say that he was going to shoot up the school sometime in the next three weeks. Thanks to the outreach efforts of our Norwalk station, Mr. Chavez and our deputies worked together to assess the situation. Deputies learned that the 17-year-old had an extensive discipline history at the school. They also learned that a Smith & Wesson semi-automatic weapon was registered to his home address. Norwalk Station detectives authored and served a search warrant at the subject's address in Norwalk. At that location, they found two AR-15 rifles, two handguns, and 90 high-capacity magazines. The 17-year-old's brother, who was 28 years of age, Daniel Barsenis, an Army veteran claimed the guns belonged to him. One AR-15 was registered to him, and one AR-15 is unregistered, which in California is a felony. The 17-year-old was arrested 
for making criminal threats. His brother was arrested last night on five criminal charges, including possession of an assault weapon, import of high-capacity magazines, criminal storage of firearms, and a failure to register a personal handgun. Possession of an assault weapon and a thumbhole stock, uh, among other charges. This is the second serious threat at El Camino High School in just the last week. The day before, on February 15th, a student who was suspended for using his cell phone in class told his mother he wanted the school administrator dead. The mother told the school he has anger issues and I don't know what he's capable of. Her son was detained. The house searched for weapons. However, none were found. Just since February the 14th shooting in Florida, our department has dealt with 19 threats of violence targeting schools, school administrators, or students. Out of these, there was a case of a 10-year-old who was upset that his teacher changed his classroom seat, and he said he was going to get a rifle and shoot up the town carnival. In another case, a 12-year-old said he was going to do a Florida-style shooting because his teacher took his Oreo cookies away. Three cases involving students joking about planning a school shooting, and two involved juveniles either undergoing mental health assessment or being hospitalized a threat to themselves or others. Some cases involve students making threats and posting photos of their parents' guns on social media. Parents, this should be a wake-up call. For L.A. All. County Sheriff Jim McDonald telling us about... Else will. Please take that, that on. We owe the students, parents, and teachers, and school resource officers who are providing tips and leads our gratitude for reporting these incidents. We currently have 38 school resource deputies contracted to 18 school districts within the L.A. County Sheriff's Department jurisdiction. We could use a whole lot more. In a discussion with the Board of Supervisors a year ago, some people felt that it was not appropriate to have deputy sheriffs on campus. I think I, I disagree with that, and I think that this case proves out the need to be able to have resources where they ultimately can do some good. Thanks to the public tip, public's tips, our Community College Bureau's HEAT team, which is Higher Education Assessment Team, received 141 referrals, out of which 13 turned into active open cases. So far, the HEAT team has six open cases just this year in 2018. Let me introduce now our next speaker, Elaine Williams, the Chief of School Safety for the Norwalk La Mirada Unified School District. Elaine, thank you. You're listening to KFI and KOST HD2 Los Angeles. Good day. Uh, first, thank you for being here and taking the interest on this, con on this conversation, ongoing conversation about school safety and the safety in our schools. Outreach to the community is very important. The community is responsible for raising our children. Uh, as we say, it takes a village. And it's important that the community uh, report things that are heard or seen that are out of the ordinary or that can cause a potential threat to our schools. We want, we want to thank everyone here because it's an important topic in, in regards to school safety. It's also important for our districts, school districts, that partner with law enforcement because we have a good rapport with law enforcement and we have a, a, a great way to resolve situations before they become very outnorm, uh, out, of, out of control. Um, I'm very fortunate for the district that I work in that we've partnered with the Sheriff's Department probably longer than I have worked there, 25 years. But it's a great relationship, and also we're thankful to have not just the school safety officers, but public safety within our cities, Norwalk and La Mirada, along with our school deputies 
and additional deputies that respond to our schools when we need them. It's important that if you see something and we're urging all, I would like to uh, reiterate, we want all to report anything that is seen out of the ordinary, that doesn't sound right, it's okay. We rather err on the side of safety. Our children are important. And I thank you today. Now I'd like to introduce Mario Chavez, a security officer with the uh, Norwalk La Mirada Unified School District. Hello, my name is Marino Chavez and I'm a school safety officer with Norwalk La Mirada. Spelling is uh, my name is M-A-R-I-N-O. I'd like to thank the media for their concern about school safety issues. Early reporting is important in the incident at El Camino High School. I felt the important to immediately contact the Sheriff's Department. There was a swift action that could possibly prevent another tragic event. It is important to have trust in law enforcement because they have only respond to these type of incidents when reported. People who know most of these uh, dangerous individuals may be family, Friends, students do not, who do not report these incidents because they do not want to get involved or do not want the person arrested. But the Sheriff's Department could only respond if they are told. Thank you. Any questions? Yes. Well, it was after just uh, lunch break and students were going back to class. I overheard them mentioned the threat, went up to talk to him to confirm what, exactly what I heard. And then I got administration involved and we discussed it all together. And he confirmed what I had heard, the threat. That within three weeks, there would be a school shooting on campus. The officer, no point did he ever say, oh, I was just kidding or I was just angry. He actually meant it? No, he did say that he was just kidding, that he did not mean it. I said, well, you can't say those things on a school campus. Uh, not this student personally, no, I've never have talked to him before. Well, I, I questioned him and brought him to the office. Then when he confirmed what he had said, then I got the sheriff involved. And they took over after that. No, he did not. I checked him. He didn't have any weapons at all. He was angry with the teacher's uh, issue about his cell phone in class, and uh, he was not allowed to go to the to her class the next day. So he was supposed to go to the office. I'm sorry, cell phone or you heard earphones? Earphones. Okay. Yes. Sí, claro. Yeah, all right, we're listening to uh, the uh, one of the school resource officers, it sounds like, from uh, El Camino High School, sort of in the South Whittier area. And Sheriff Jim McDonald from uh, from L.A. County uh, laid out basically what it was after this threat, after this kid had made this threat, they checked in his house and they found two AR-15s and a couple of handguns that belonged to the guy's older brother. 19-year-old Army veteran claimed to own them. The brother 
Uh, one of the AR-15s was registered to the older brother, but the other was not, so the brother got arrested. Yeah, that's a felony to have an AR-15 not registered in the state of California. So he was arrested on an assault weapons charge. I don't know specifically exactly how it pans out, but also uh, a charge of importing high-capacity magazines, which are illegal in California, and then a specialized stock that he referred to. Uh, apparently on that weapon that you cannot have here in the state of California. And amazing, we've said this before, in the context of these school threats that have come in over the last several days, that Sheriff McDonald said just since Wednesday, since the the shooting at Stoneman uh, uh, Douglas High School there in Florida, they've already responded to 19 threats. 19 threats to schools, students, or teachers, including a 10-year-old who was upset that his seat was moved in the classroom, who, who threatened to shoot up the school. A 12-year-old who was upset because his Oreo cookies were taken away from him. And the only question that just overtook my mind was, are kids desensitized to violence now? Absolutely. When they say things like, I'm going to shoot up the school to them, is that like a game? Is that yes. a, a video game? Yes. They don't understand what vi- – that's terrifying. They don't get it. They, they think don't it's understand. it's like this simple thing. Like, the, uh, oh, okay, it happens. Well, I'm, I'm going to shoot up my school because that guy in Florida it, – like, it's a thing. It, like, it's a thing. Well, they, they know it's a – they know it's a threat. Let me try to figure this out. Uh, they know it's going to get attention. How's that? And if they had just said something like they were upset about the teacher taking well, my then Oreos, it, it, it should get them attention. It well, should get the them the, the kind of attention that includes a, a deputy that Sheriff McDonald wants on those campuses. Get them some face to face time with that deputy. Hey, get them scared silly. Kid makes a threat. Kid makes half a threat. Absolutely, you get a deputy in their face and you t- tell them what's going down. Is this time? Is this like back when we were kids and Mad started coming into the schools to show the wrecked cars from drunk driving and how people were killed? Teenagers would be killed in the same wrecks and go through the timeline and everything and relive that to show what drunk driving can no. do. Do these kids need to be shown what shooting no, people can I don't, do? I don't think that would work because they see it every day. Oh, my god! They see it in video games every single day. They, they're taught, a lot of these boys are taught to hunt and to, to that, that the more gore and the more violence that you see, the higher score you rack up. Right. And no one's checking this. Like, there's no one... Who, the, the parents who are walking around with their heads in the clouds or under the, the dirt saying that my kid can play this game or watch this movie and it's not going to have any impact, they're being idiots. And it, I have zero problem. Call, I've had I've had conversations with friends about, yeah. oh, you know, it's no big deal if my son. It is a gigantic deal if your son plays those games. Well, and that's the thing. You know, you get those adrenaline hits from playing Call of Duty or whatever. And don't don't come after me for dropping Call of Duty. But I've watched like five minutes of it, and it's a freaking war game, right? And you know, and you do, and it, but it's it's like a sanitized version of war, right? Because nothing's going to happen to you. But you can see kids getting those dopamine hits and the adrenaline hits from playing those games and getting the kills or whatever. And yeah. it's just it's it's, just, it's really not a good thing to get into your brain chemistry. And I know that. Probably the NRA d- disagrees. They love that kind of stuff, right? Because it gets people addicted to those kinds of weapons and, th- and that, those dopamine hits. But, you know, and I know it's an old argument, 
bitching about video games, but it's true. Well, it's not. It doesn't have to be just about video games. I mean, there. I said no, this it yesterday. Could be it about could be about uh, television programming, television programming, movies that are you know excessively violent with no repercussions for that violence. I mean, there's there's plenty out there that you could argue about, but it's it it boils down to the the level of involvement that the parents have in what it is that their kids are doing. And I again. I, I make no apologies for me being up all in my kids' business and restricting the things that are available to them. Zero, pro- I have zero problem defending my position. Some kids are bad kids. Some kids are bad seeds, and you as a parent have no control over that. Right. You won the the kid lottery. Uh, so far, you have great I hope kids. so. And part of that is who they are, right? The their. Uh, you know who they are individually, but a large part of that is true. It's how you guys parented. Parenting's hard. Being in your kids' junk and your in the stuff hard. Yeah, because you're gonna hurt their feelings. It's easy to let them play the video games. It's easy to not hurt their feelings. It's one of the reasons I don't want to do it. It's freaking difficult. It is. It is sundown. Suns. It is excruciatingly exhausting. And a lot of people just don't want to do it. And it's easier for the kids to go play the video games. It's, it's frustrating. Or watch on the screen. Because I know that there are things. I mean, this kid, for example, he's at a continuation high school. Uh, this kid in Whittier, South Whittier. So uh, we can make assumptions about kids in continuation high schools. Where were the parents in the first place? What, what has prompted this kid to get into a continuation high school? It's not something you choose to do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Something happened and has happened to this kid on a continuing basis. Whether it's learning disabilities or behavioral parents problems, probably or parents probably are. Yeah, it's probably a one parent household. Maybe I don't know. Just to, yeah, just it, to it, generalize. There's a lot of kids that do not have the benefit of great parents, and then and then throw in um, some emotional problems, and that's what happens. So what do we do then? I just I don't know why the conversation always has to go to um, uh, this idea that it's it's somehow society's fault for for these kids putting these kids behaving the way that they do this you go down to a macro level it's your it's my responsibility as a parent yes mine i i put babies in my wife and the babies came out and they i raised them i'm gonna have to apologize for that later i probably (laughs) but but it's my responsibility how they act yes there are times when I can't control it. Some brain wiring goes crazy from the beginning, and I have no control over it. But I have to make sure that if that's the case, regardless of of what's going on in my kid's brain, I have to provide them with a series of of rules, a set of guidelines, and probably most importantly, an example of how to deal with anger, how to deal with frustration, how to deal with emotional times – how to deal with the ups and it's downs of It's one of, of the life. reasons why I've always believed that you should have to take a test to have a baby. You know, you have to take a test to, to drive a car, but you don't have to be cleared to raise a human. You know, there's a lot of people that aren't into all of those things that you just listed that have tons of kids. They don't care. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating. Well, this is the uh, this is the story that uh, I think is going to dominate for weeks uh, and probably should. I mean, the, the the lawmakers in Florida got an earful last night and this morning from these kids who bust up from Parkland and uh, told them what it is that they believe. 
And a lot of them uh, were incredibly eloquent um, for being high school seniors and being in the high school improv slash theater group. The thing that still frustrates me, and you heard from the school safety person that uh, Jim McDonnell introduced in that press conference out of Whittier, she says, you know, people need to report things they feel could be a danger to schools, see something, say something. We want everyone to report error on the side of safety. And I get it, and I want that to still happen. The thing that keeps frustrating me about the case in Florida is – that was all done. Everyone saw something. Everyone said something. And yet this kid had no no uh, interference with, with law enforcement. Yeah. That's odd to me. And he wasn't a kid anymore. This isn't a 13 or 14-year-old that's threatened to shoot up the school over Oreos. This is a 19-year-old who you knew was going to be a serious issue. If the school was so scared of this 19-year-old that it said, hey, Let's look out for this kid that used to go here. We expelled him, but he's not allowed on campus and certainly not with a backpack. If it was so severe, if they thought he was such a threat that they circulated that memo in the last school year, why didn't they call law enforcement and say, hey, heads up? Or if they did, how come it wasn't acted upon? I mean, and you can't you can't pick somebody up because you're afraid of them. No, but a, con- but, a face-to-face conversation is all I'm asking for. And, and it sounds with law like enforcement. Th- so law enforcement with somebody with a you know mental health degree standing right next to them, helping diagnose this kid if there's been this ongoing problem. Yeah. It's one of those things that you can't. I mean, we get to say in hindsight that that they that all of this should have been done. But it seems over and over again, the deeper we get into the story about this kid, that there were these multiple instances where some connection should have been made. Some dots should have been put together to show the the full picture of who this kid was. We need a comprehensive database is what we need. Something that the FBI, local law enforcement, mental health officials, school officials, some way to connect these dots. Yeah. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Senate investigation into Tony Mendoza. Remember, he's the one suing the state Senate because they're racist. Um, I don't know if he knows where he is serving right now. It's the state of California. Gary and Shannon. All that stuff. KFI AM 640.